welcome to our first ever episode of the Driven by Diversity podcast. I'm Ariana. And I'm Steph. And every week we shine the spotlight on underrepresented groups in the world of racing. Our guests share their journey into the sport and also delve into what diversity and inclusion means to them. We hope that we can provide you with real role models who you can relate to and who represent you. And more than that, that you'll feel inspired and encouraged to know that you can make it in motorsport, no matter your background. So to kick things off, we hear from a Belgian and Rwandan racer whose first introduction to the world of motorsport wasn't quite the traditional route in the form of a children's birthday party. She shares her journey into the industry and how she managed to land a life-changing seat in the W Series in its inaugural year of the championship, as well as a role as diversity and inclusion ambassador. Racing under the various flags of Belgium, Rwanda, Germany and South Africa, it was an absolute pleasure to speak to our very first guest, Naomi Schiff. People will know that you took part in the inaugural W Series Championship, but people may not know that you had quite an unconventional introduction to motorsport. I believe it was after you attended an indoor karting party. Could you start by telling us a bit more about that? Yeah, so I mean, a lot of people always ask me if I, you know, as a little girl, I dreamed of being a racing driver one day. And honestly, that wasn't really the case. Um, I did actually, t- like when I was really young, I my, my dream toy was like an electric car that I could sit in and drive myself in the garden. So that like want to drive was kind of there, um, but that didn't automatically link to like Formula One or like this major career in motorsports. Um, And yeah, it wasn't until I was invited to that uh, go-karting birthday party that I really, you know, found out how much I really enjoyed it. Um, And yeah, from there it was kind of like love at first sight really. And I, I sort of asked my dad a couple of times to take me back and he did. And we kept going a couple of times. And then eventually, I think he bought himself a go-kart first. And uh, I think he tried it out himself and like kind of checked how, what the prices would be. Like, is this just a phase for me, you know? Um, but yeah, soon after that, he got me my own go-kart. And I would say within a period of one year, I was then like racing officially. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I started in junior karts and... Um, I, I won the first club championship, which is like just at one circuit, you always drive at the same circuit. Um, and then the next year I, I moved straight from club level to national level. Um, and I ended up finishing second in the South African championship by one point, um, wow. which was enough to qualify me to, um, sorry, this is a long story. That's okay. We <laughs> um, want to hear it. <laughs> what we're here for. That, uh, that qualified me for um, the South African national team, um, where I then represented them in the world championships in karting. So things just sort of took off really quickly. Um, and, and yeah, eventually I went into single seater racing at the age of 16, which was, I would say, from that point, like two or three years later, because I did start quite late. I would say I started around the age of 12, 13, um, which is quite late in motorsports. Um, but yeah, and nonetheless, at the age of 16, I was in a formula car already. And eventually, when I was 18, I decided to leave South Africa to sort of pursue my dreams uh, in Europe. And did you do that because you thought that it would be easier in Europe to progress and that there'll be more opportunities or were there other factors as well? 100%. I mean, 
in my opinion, and things might have changed a little bit since that time, but Europe was the place to be. There was no, there was nowhere else that, you know, offered the same level of um, professionalism and, and, and options, you know, all the, all the main manufacturers are, you know, in Europe and, I think there was no there was no doubt in my mind that that was where I needed to be. Was it a difficult transition culturally or was there anything that challenged you when you did come to Europe or were you able to just like find your way and excel over here as well? So, um it was quite it was quite difficult. I mean, I I was born in Belgium, so I I had a lot of family in Belgium, so I moved back to Belgium and that was okay. You know, I had a support structure around me. I could stay at my grandmother's house. That was great. That was not an issue. Um, my dad, though, had we were struggling a little bit to find budgets, and he um, he was nice enough to take a second loan on his house to sort of say like, okay, this is it. This is all I've got left. Um, so make the most out of it, and then hopefully by the end of the first season, I would have made some sort of name for myself in in the in Europe, you know, um, to be taken further. But unfortunately. Um, after one race, I think it was one race, the championship that he had invested all that money into upfront went bankrupt. Oh no. Yeah. So we lost all the money. And I mean, now, cause at that time I was sort of, I wouldn't say a spoiled brat, but I didn't have a real job and like, I wasn't earning my own money and I had no real concept of what money was. Um, so like today, when I say that it's like, so it's so much harder to digest than it was at the time, even though I was like, oh, no, what are we going to do? Like, we've got nothing else. That that was my concern then, like getting, finding a drive. But today I'm like, wow, that must have been like a ton of money. Yeah, a huge sacrifice as well. For my dad to lose, mm. yeah. So, but yeah, so that's when the real battle started, you know. It was, I didn't have a name in Europe, you know. One race didn't do the trick. Um, and then, yeah, it was a case of like, I just went into sort of desperation mode and, put business cards in every pocket that I had. Um, and I started driving around to all the tracks that I could reach in within driving distance. And I mean, I had a lot of confidence at that time. <laughs> I just, I went to the racing tracks and I, I just went and knocked on every door and I said, can I please speak to your team boss? And then I would speak to these people and tell them, listen, you know, like I am the next Lewis Hamilton. You need to give me a test. Believe me, like, just give me a test and I'll show you. And, I was really confident. I went around and I said that to everybody and I, 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 I get it. You know, it's, I'm not really what you would expect when someone says racing driver. I mean, obviously I look different. I'm, I'm relatively girly, you know, I, I wear makeup, I have my nails done. So I think people were kind of like, is this, you know, they, I think they didn't really know what to think, but I think it did, it did make it harder for me because I think they just didn't believe that you they know, had a misconception about you based on your image basically yeah so I think um a lot of people said okay yeah we'll get in touch with you but like I think basically none of them did other than one guy who did actually call me back and yeah that was sort of the start of the next chapter but yeah I mean it was it was a difficult time you know going around all those weeks and months and you know, putting yourself on the front line and just being rejected a lot, you know, so that was definitely difficult. Absolutely. Um, and do you think if you had the chance to sort of do it again, would you sort of go down the same path and follow the same approach or would you do things slightly differently? No, I think, I think I would do it the same way. I mean, I know, 
I know that it didn't like fully work, but it did. It did. In the end of the day, it did work. Mm. And I think so many people send CVs and do these things and which is great too. But I think you can be slightly forgettable in those senses. And I think what I was doing was really confrontational and they didn't have a choice but to remember me, you know. So I think I would probably take the same approach. And what advice would you give to other people who want to pursue a career in motorsports? Would you say to them, that's what you need to do, like differentiate yourself, get out there knocking on doors, don't always go down the traditional route? Or would there be other advice that you'd now give them now that you're actually there, actually living the dream? So absolutely, I would say definitely. I mean, there's so many drivers, right? There's so many drivers, but there's only a select few that really make it. And you either need to be like extremely talented and get spotted doing like, what you do Mm. or you need to differentiate yourself and really stand out from the crowd or I think there's no harm in with a obviously within limits in pestering people like continuing to put yourself forward because they won't forget you and I think you know you might get a no the first time but that doesn't mean that you're going to continue to get a no so I would say you know just keep pushing and if that's your dream and that's your passion then just go for it because what's worse than getting a no from them is like not even giving yourself the opportunity to get a yes. Um, so skipping um, back a little bit where you mentioned you were born in Belgium. Yeah. We know you're half Rwandan as well. You race under the German flag um, and obviously you grew up in South Africa. Tell us a little bit more about um, sort of the licenses that you hold, the racing licenses that you hold for all of these different um, nationalities. Yeah. So I think <laughs> it's a very confusing topic and a lot of people make make jokes about it you know which which country is Naomi going to represent next year is what I get a lot (laughs) (laughs) but I would say I think I'm very lucky I'm in a very lucky position that I can actually represent so many different countries and I did represent Germany last year because of the fact that I was living there and I had been living there for five years at the time so to me that was basically home at the time and it, it was also the place where I'd spent most of my adult years you know independently and like making a career for myself so it was sort of important for me to do that and um I felt you know in W series Tasman Pepper was um representing South Africa so I thought okay South Africa's being represented and we had a re- reserve driver from Belgium so I was like okay Belgium's also being represented at, so what is the opportunity here for me and besides just the opportunity you know what feels the most right to me and I thought it was going to be Germany. So that's what I did. And I'm very happy to have done it. I mean, the Germans are big, big, big motorsports fans. So yeah, of course, you can imagine driving within the DTM that I had like a lot of support because there were so many German fans. So it was great. It was a great year. Unfortunately, I don't live in Germany anymore. So I can't get that license anymore. Um, So yeah, now I obviously this year W Series has been cancelled currently don't have a drive for the year but I'm driving within the W Series Esports League and proudly representing Rwanda for the first time so amazing so tell us a bit more about the esports as well how do you find that in comparison to you know the real life thing I mean it's obviously it is obviously not you know reality but it is the next best thing and I think we as drivers especially are so lucky that we can kind of do our job to an extent from the living room, you know. I think a lot of other sports people can't say the same thing. So it's actually 
it's actually a blessing in my opinion. I, I mean, obviously had this whole coronavirus pandemic situation not have happened, I think we wouldn't have had all had this massive awakening to esports. But, you know, I've now invested in a really amazing rig, which I'm sitting in now. Cost me an arm and a leg, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be well worth it. If you compare, you know, the prices of what you pay um, to do a, a normal test day, um, whereas you have this and it's here 365 days a year, you don't have to put new tires on, you don't have to pay for damage. It's really a good way to like hone in, hone your skills, you know, perfect everything and and especially learning new tracks ahead of going to, you know, a new territory, for example. For sure. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm really enjoying it. And it's also very social. So that's been nice seeing as I'm here in London by myself and it's kind of getting bored and lonely. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, tell us what what's the one thing that you that you enjoy about the industry so much? Oh gosh, that's a difficult question. There, there's, there's so much. I mean, you know, obviously being very competitive, there's something about motorsports that I think is like, that pushes you to be even that little bit more competitive because of the fact that, you know, it's not, a, it, I mean, obviously it's a team sport, right? You have a team behind you, but there's so many individual teams competing against each other. Whereas, you know, in most sports, it's just one team versus another. So there's like a 50-50 chance of winning. Whereas here, it's so much harder to get to that top step. And I think that's really exciting. I wouldn't say that the fact that it's a male-dominated sport is really one of those things because I just sort of fell into it. That's not the reason why I was attracted to it. But having been in it so long, I would say that now I probably have like more hunger to win also because of that fact. So it's definitely an element in there somehow. And for you at this point, what does success look like? Where do you want to get to next? What's the goal? So if you would have asked me this question a couple of months ago, I would have had probably a very different answer. But I obviously Formula One has always been the dream, right? And yeah. It will always be the dream that's not never going to change. But a, a couple of years back, my, you know, my, my dream became my dream. And I had like an immediate goal or like a you know, five-year goal that I wanted to reach. Um, and that was to drive in DTM, which is, I do, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with DTM. It's the German touring car I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, obviously now with um, BMW pulling out, uh, sorry, Audi pulling out, leaving only BMW behind, I, I don't know what the future of DTM really is. So yeah, sort of changing my bearings now, but Ideally, you know, I just want to have a career in motorsports with a steering wheel in my hands. And that doesn't, I'm not too fussed as to where that'll be. But I would say I would love to be a factory driver for one of the manufacturers. Brilliant. Um, so your your racing hero is is Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Um, tell us why that is and sort of what you have also thought about his vocalization about the issues um, surrounding diversity in motorsports. So um, Lewis has literally been my hero since, you know, I got into motorsports and I've always, always, always looked up to him. I think for me, the reason why it was Lewis at the time and still is, but especially at the time was, you know, coming into motorsports um, at the age of like, what was it, 11, 12? Um, it's sort of an age where you really want to be like accepted by everybody around you and you're really like aware of people's opinions and those things bother you a lot. So 
going to the racetrack, um, although I had like a super supportive family and my dad, you know, was always pushing me and like telling me that I could do it. And I had all of that going on, you know, in the background. But when I would get to the track, it would be a different story because there was just nobody like me there. So I didn't feel like I fit in, you know. Um, so I think the year later or sort of maybe even when I was getting into racing, like officially, Lewis was just getting into Formula One. And that for me was like, okay, you know what? He's not exactly like me, but he's something like me. And it gave me confidence, you know, and and I I sort of held on to that. And and obviously it's it's something that can seem very like surface level, but for me at that age, that was enough to like say, okay, I'm gonna keep doing this. So that's why I mean he's always been my hero. Um and I think regarding the topic of diversity, um, yeah, I think firstly, it's so it's unfortunate that these things are coming up like now, you know, because these things should have been brought up way back when. But at the end of the day, we can't, it's not going to help to like be negative about it. So obviously, I think it's amazing that he's standing up and that so many teams after his criticism have also decided to jump on board. And now we all race as one. And that's good. You know, I think it's it's a start. I think there's still a long way to go. So I'm really excited to see, you know, what's going to happen and what's 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 going to be taken into action from this point forward. For sure. I think um, it's important to say that that's, you know, the reasons why that you've just mentioned there that you you looked up to Lewis Hamilton. That's one of the reasons why we're, we're putting together this podcast so that we can provide role models for the younger yeah. generation looking to get into motorsport and, and you know, put people already in the industry on a platform for for those younger listeners to say oh hey look there's there's someone that looks like me there's someone that represents yeah. me that I can relate to um and there's something really inspiring about that let's move on to um W series itself and let's talk a bit more about uh that particular championship um what difference has W series made to your life as a female in motorsport well where do i begin i mean i think it's been hugely important. I think, you know, for me, first and foremost, it's really allowed me to start dreaming again. Cause I think for a long time, I sort of parked those dreams and just like shrugged it off. And I was, I was in a place where my career was very stagnant and I wasn't going forward and potentially even going backwards. So like that was just a little bit of hope that came around the corner and they do something, which is obviously like pretty much unheard of in motorsports. Um, so we don't have to pay for anything, right? Nothing. From A to Z, everything is covered, um, which is a huge hurdle for drivers in motorsports, you know? And I think it's a vicious circle because people, you know, you go to you go to potential sponsors and they say, okay, we want to see your results. And so you've got these results and some of them are more colorful than others. And, you know, it is what it is. But what, you, what a lot of people don't understand is in order to get results, you need money to go driving, to get better, to get results, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the results don't come without the money, really. So it's a little bit of a vicious circle. And of course, you know, here and there you'll get opportunities and you'll you'll be able to put things together. But an opportunity like this ne like never comes around. Not in, not in my career anyway. I haven't heard of anything like that. So huge hurdle taken out of the way. Um, so that's making it really accessible to a lot of people, you know, who probably, myself included, wouldn't have driven a Formula car ever again, probably, you know. So that's the first point. 
And then just like you mentioned before, um, they're giving us a platform where not only is the rest of motorsports looking at us, but so are so many other women and young girls. And so they've given us a platform to inspire the next generation, you know, which I think is so crucial because I think a misconception as to why there's no women in Formula One or why there's less women at the top is because we just don't have that, you know, that big pool of talent. You're comparing it to like, I don't know, the pool of talent of men like this, and then you've got a pool of talent of women this small. So obviously, you know, the odds are against us. So it's, it's really important for us to inspire those little girls and start getting more participation at grassroots levels. Um, and hopefully, you know, within time, obviously it's not going to be an overnight success, but within time we'll get to that point where W Series is really like getting out there and and inspiring those girls to do that. And I think we already have after the first year. It's been it's been really positive. Yeah, I think you I think you definitely have. I mean W Series has got such a brilliant name for itself and everything that it stands for. And like you said, it's it's just a clear statement for everything that you're trying to represent. You've got so many women who are so successful, who have such talent, and yeah. it's undeniable. It's not something that can be argued against. Obviously, you are also now the ambassador for diversity and inclusion within W Series. Can you tell us a bit more about that and some of the bits that you're working on? Yeah, so obviously... I, I came onto the team in December, which was a really nice change for me. It got me out of the place where I was. And I thought, like, what what better place to be working than here? Because it's something that I'm really passionate about. Um, and, yeah, so we are now, obviously, my job is to sort of identify some of the areas that we can improve on. And obviously, there's, there's a lot of things that fall under the umbrella of diversity and inclusion. And I think for us, we've really, like, hit the nail on the head when it comes to gender equality and gender empowerment. Um, but obviously we know that there's so much more to that and um, there's so much more to do. Um, so now we're sort of identifying what are the main goals for us for this first year, um, which obviously now it's a lot harder because we're not you know, able to do so many of the things that we had planned to do this year. Um, but as soon as we're back, you know, in the office and everything, we're going to get back onto those programs. A lot of we're looking at doing a lot of stuff in schools with girls and not only girls. And we'll be focusing on the girls because that's just our brand identity. Right. And I think there's a lot done for men already and boys. So we really want to focus on the girls um, in schools. Yeah. Like I said, you know, in STEM initiatives and we're not looking just at the driver roles, which which is something we're looking at. But um, we want to cover the whole ecosystem, you know, from the office to the mechanics, to the engineers, to the team managers across the board. We want to get more women involved in motorsports. So, yeah, as soon as we're back, I'm excited to start working on those. And, and I think there's going to be a lot of interesting things coming. I think that's really important to note, actually, um, that you will be looking at the full ecosystem because, yeah. You know, kids looking at motorsport on the TV on the weekends, they just see the drivers. And yeah. there is so much more to that. Uh, you know, there's a big team behind each driver. Um, and then behind the team, there's all the people back at the factory, um, back at the office. And, you know, it, it's a team sport. And there's there's so many different roles that, that you can take to be involved with in motorsport. So I think it's, yeah, definitely important to highlight that. Absolutely. I mean, last year we already had um, a handful of female engineers and mechanics as well. Uh, we had Claire Cottingham, who was our main commentator. So we really, we really are trying to, you know, cover the cover the board 
Um, but it's also about taking it to the next step because like I said, gender equality and gender empowerment is one, it's just one thing that falls under that umbrella. So there is so much more to do and there's so much more that we want to do and I also want to do. And so yeah, let's hope that we can get quite a lot done and start getting those figures together and, and reaching those goals that we have. In terms of the wider motorsport world, obviously W Series is amazing and everything that it stands for is really powerful. But, you know, it's a separate championship and it could be argued that, you know, you sort of had to do this because so many of the other championships, for instance, Formula One, are lacking so much diversity. What is it that you think they could do to change that? I mean, we can't just always create a separate segment for women or for underrepresented groups. Like it needs to actually eventually all come together and be inclusive across the board. What do you think could actually be done to to drive that? Yeah, so I mean... Absolutely. And I think a lot, a big misconception when it comes to W Series initially was that they want to segregate motorsport, which is absolutely not the case. I, I hope I'm not giving you false facts right now, but I think the whole thing was that uh, you would see, you know, young girls um, climbing through the ranks, karting, F4. And then all of a sudden you had like this massive drop in the amount of women that were moving forward. Yeah. They just filter off. Exactly. So it's almost like there was a sort of leak in the funnel. Um, and what they wanted to do was just patch that up and and give women a platform to sort of, firstly, to show the world that women can do this as well. And secondly, for those bigger teams, maybe, you know, for example, Williams, you know, they, they now have Jamie as a development driver. So that sort of thing of, you know, giving us the platform that other teams can notice us, that kind of thing. Um, what the world of motorsports can do as a whole um, is, yeah, just start giving opportunities to to women as well, you know. And and I get it that it's 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 not only about your gender, right? Mm. At the end of the day, we're all competitors, and we don't ever want it to be like every team must have a this and a this because yeah, we want every team to have the best, right? But I think if you've got two drivers, for example, like Williams, you know, they've got Latifi and Russell but they still give an opportunity to Jamie to come and use their simulator however often and get involved in so many things that she probably wouldn't have had. And so I think if every team would start by doing that, you know, just opening the door a little bit um, to something different, uh, that would help a lot, you know, just. You mentioned there, um, you know, figuratively speaking, a leak in the funnel when it comes to women climbing the ranks in motorsport, they get to a certain level and it's, it's hard to sort of, break through that glass ceiling mm-hmm. what do you think are the main drivers or the main barriers to going forward for a driver yeah uh, I would say it's 100% financial you know and it, and it's I think that whole thing of getting the opportunities it's not only a question of sponsors or teams it's 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 really everybody you know I think uh it's a mentality that people have that women just aren't as capable as men even, I mean, whether that be the workplace or even in motorsports, you know, I think that's, it's like something that's just in the back of too many people's minds. And I think once, you know, sports is such a, I think sports is really something that brings people together. And, and you could see it now, even during this whole pandemic that people were really desperate to watch sport. And I think no matter where you come from or what you do, you can sit on a grandstand with people you don't know despite what they look like or what their beliefs are and you're like so indoctrinated into what's going on with the sport right so I think if all these teams who have the the opportunity to put women forward would start doing that 
it would start to change people's perceptions, you know. They, they would be putting out the message that actually women are as capable. We're giving women opportunities because they can do it. And it starts there, really, because then sponsors will say, okay, um, you know, they, they are coming to us as the experts and saying these women can do this. We should back them. And same thing goes for the audience because we need the fans to support us as well. And so really it's just you give us, give us the opportunity to, to change perception. And I think that's exactly what, you know, W Series do and um, what, what they stand for. Absolutely. No, that's true. I mean, it's, it's again, it's, it's sad that we have to have our own championship because we want to just race against everybody. But yeah, it's the, it's the best opportunity for women at the moment. And, and so for me, as a woman, I'm not going to say I'm not going to drive because there's no men, you know, I, I'm taking the opportunity because I can drive, I can get behind the seat, I can drive, which I probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to do before. And it's one of those things where, you know, if I would, if I, if I would have not had the budgets, I would just be sitting doing something but I'm driving. So they're giving you not only the opportunity to put your name out there, but also to get better at what you do. For sure. Obviously, um, with W Series, um, it focuses on females and getting females into into the sport. But what's been your experience so far in motorsport generally, um, from your karting days through to now, of people of colour in, in motorsport? Uh, not much, to be honest. I mean, obviously, I was quite lucky Growing up in South Africa, there's definitely more people of color within motorsports, whether it be your mechanic or, you know, your competitors. Eventually, there were some guys that I competed against who were of African descent. And coming back to Europe, that just sort of disappears, mm-hmm. you know. Flipped on its head. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, I would love to see more. I know there's a couple who are already talented, and I don't know of any females, though, but I know there's a lot of men who who are like Lewis and who have the same. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's 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 a it's an awkward topic to talk about because you want to just be able to talk about drivers and not the color of their skin. But, yeah, it would it would be nice to see us be represented a little bit more, a lot more. <laughs> And of course, you can't be certain that you're competing against the best of the best if there's barriers or Absolutely. things that are making certain people from underrepresented groups shy away from the sport. And yeah. ultimately, this is a competitive sport and everyone wants to be sure that they're against the best and beating the best. Absolutely. So diversity is so important for that reason. Absolutely. And I think, you know, like I said earlier, we're, we're quite lucky that, that we have you know, access to things like esports, and that it is so, so close to the reality. Um, because I'm not sure if you guys know Jan Mardenborough, maybe you've heard of yeah. him. I mean, he's a prime example of, you know, how you can, you know, get access to people who do not have an opportunity, who would not have the backing, who would not have anything really, um, put them in a simulator and then take them into the real world. And, you know, it really, it really worked out for him. So I think, for even for us uh, at W Series, and I think for more teams across the board, should really you know get involved in using esports as a recruitment platform because it cuts down a lot of budgets. I mean, at the end of the day, money makes the sports go round, right? So this is an opportunity where even the teams don't have to invest that much money in giving a lot of people across the board who don't have opportunities the opportunity to get involved. And are there any other initiatives or grassroots programs that you think that the sport could look into 
to help people overcome those barriers of cost? Is there anything else other than esports and sim racing? Well, I mean, for me at, at the moment, I think esports really does make the most sense because, you know, at the end of the day, and I, I always think about this and I always say, you know, it's difficult because even if W Series would want to, you know, go to, you know, minority groups and, and people who are living in more impoverished areas and give them an opportunity as a driver, we're talking strictly driver right now, you can't expect to go into somewhere like that and pick up a driver and put them in a Formula 3 car. It just is not going to happen. It just doesn't work that way, right? But then what do you do? Do you put them in a cart and then do you like wait for them to grow up 10 years and then get involved? It's too it's too long. I think esports is actually the quickest way to give someone that opportunity to learn how to drive properly, to see what it's all about uh, to a certain extent. And yeah, for me right now, I think this is really a great solution. So I would say, of course, it's important to go out there and inspire people and you know get them thinking about getting involved in a sport like this where they probably wouldn't have thought about it before so yeah it's important to you know have those grassroots projects and those school projects and all of those things that inspire but then once you've done that i think the next level really would be esports brilliant um i guess to sort of round round this up um what what does diversity and inclusion mean to you well Somebody actually once said to me, and those words will stick into my head forever. Firstly, obviously, it's hugely important, right? And I now more than ever, I'm I'm really like blessed to be where I am because I think if I'm in a position where, you know, looking at myself when I was really young, if I could be that person for someone else, that's diversity and inclusion, you know, showing that it's doing what it needs to be doing, inspiring young people, getting them through, etc. With diversity and inclusion, this sentence, I will I will forever remember it. So with this whole F1, we are, you know, we race as one, all of that's great, right? It's it's an initial step. But someone once said to me, diversity is inviting someone to the party, but inclusion is asking them to dance. So I think that that was really, really powerful, you know. So let's get this started. Let's start inviting people to the party. But I want to, I want to get to the point where you know those people are being asked to dance. And yeah, I can't wait to see that that day. Yeah, I've not heard that before, but I think it works so so well, and it's really powerful. Yeah, because I mean, I think a lot of people, especially now, you know, are jumping on this opportunity, and and it's good, you know, it's fine, it's great that you know we're talking about it. But that's not enough, you know, that's, it's not going to make the world of change. Like it's making a change, but we need to start asking those people to dance and we need to start getting, like including them, not just inviting them, you know. So Steph, that was great hearing from Naomi. I really loved that quote at the end about diversity being inviting people to the party and inclusion asking them to dance. That was really, really powerful, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think it really puts it into perspective, into context for the people who might not get why it's so important or so significant or, you know, why we're talking about it. But it definitely sets the scene there for me. And did you know that she's also a stunt driver for the new James Bond movie, No Time to Die? 
Yeah, how cool is that? I think there's another W Series driver, Jess Hawkins, who does a bit of stunt driving as well. So um, talented in many an area, these girls. They really are. And I cannot wait to see what else the W Series has to offer on and off the track. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what's next in store for W Series from a diversity and inclusion point of view. It will be really interesting to follow that and see the sort of things that they, they put in place. Well, that's it from us, but be sure to follow Naomi on Instagram at Naomi Schiff, and you can also find us on Instagram at We Are Driven by Diversity. Thank you for listening. Catch us next time for another inspiring story. <laughs>